I mean, YouTube recommends, like the recommended is under three minutes. I, I honestly don't have like some crazy data to be like, yes, that's 100% true. But yeah, around like the three minute mark is generally how long we, we have the ads. Today, I'm sitting down with Sam O'Haran, who specializes in doing Facebook and YouTube ads for coaches, consultants, as well as info products. His agency has generated over $10 million for his clients. And in a recent case study, he was able to generate over $600,000 in sales in 11 days of a new product launch. And today we're going to be diving really deep into YouTube ads, as well as how YouTube ads work and what you need to look out for. I'm Nikita from aspectagency.com and let's get into the podcast. How's it going? I'm really happy and glad that you decided to come on the podcast. And I know that we've known each other for about a couple months now since we're in the same Twitter program with JK. And I figured that my audience would get a lot of benefit from having you on as you've scaled tons of uh, influencers, coaches, as well as a few e-com brands as well. So happy to have you on. Yeah, man, I'm excited. Yeah, I've seen you've been doing this podcast for a little while now. So yeah, excited to get the message and get the invite from you. So it's good. Looking forward to it. Definitely. So the main thing we're going to be talking about today is YouTube ads and how you've helped uh, your clients scale their their brands and their businesses with YouTube ads. So first off, like, how did you even get into YouTube advertising to begin with? And how has that progressed over the last few years? Yeah, so... I mean, my entry point into paid ads was with Facebook, probably like six, seven years ago. I started running Facebook ads for, you know, make money online. Also, it's kind of like the, the typical stuff. Yeah. And then I ran that for a good few years. And then we kind of specialized in the online coaching space. And as everyone knows, last few years, Facebook become more competitive, tracking issues, et cetera, et cetera. So it was around so the very start of probably this very start of 2020. We started running some YouTube ads for you know, different offers. And we found it was like an interesting platform because the barrier to entry is higher because you have to film the video. You have to be good on video, good audio. So if you can get that right, then like there's usually less competition. Like the reason why Facebook ads is so competitive is because anyone can just type up an ad and put an image together and like launch it. So mm -hmm. yeah, I thought it was like an interesting opportunity and we work with different personal brands who are kind of like used to being on camera as well. So it was like a good advantage for us to, to leverage that. So it was just, yeah, it's just a widen our product offering. We thought, okay, let's, but yeah, let's dive into YouTube. Definitely. I know what you mean by the high production quality, because the way I see it, whenever I see YouTube ads or whenever I hear about other agency owners running YouTube ads, it's almost like at this point, YouTube has become such a great network for content i watch it on a daily basis on my tv on my computer phone etc it's almost like a weird celebrity factor when it comes when it like when a youtube ad comes on tv and it's like whoa like they actually have like a you know you're watching your own ads on tv so when it comes down to the actual production side of things what have you seen tend to work better is it like ugc style or is it more like you have to get like a whole camera crew to like record this ad yeah, no camera crews or anything like that. We've never done anything like super, super high production. Um, most of our clients just do like face the camera stuff, honestly, like in their office setup. So the, the production value, as long as like, when I say the, the barrier to entry is there, because you actually people have to put the effort into film. But like in terms of actually how quality it is, as long as the audio is good, and like the visual is good, then 
that's pretty much set. Like some of our best converting ads for our clients right now are just them sat in an office, but it is good lighting, it is good audio. And then obviously the script then does its magic. So like the script is more important than the the setup of the filming as long as, you know, you don't look like you're filming it in like a closet. Something like that. There's a bit of common sense to the, the production. Um, I know for like the e-commerce, like YouTube, it's a lot less popular. Um, but again, there's like some really good, like super viral e-commerce like products on YouTube. So if like you can crap the code, a lot of them use a lot of humor and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's probably like more UGC based or like acting out the problem. But I, I know like some e-commerce people do really good on YouTube, but yeah, like production value doesn't have to be anything crazy good as long as you just like have like a decent setup. Um, but yeah, most of our high converting stuff, honestly, is like just people like facing the camera in like an office setup. So like a Ty Lopez style ad with like holding the phone or like an actual camera setup, like kind of like what I have right now. Yeah, exactly that. Yeah. People like face the camera, walking around rooms. Sometimes obviously works well, just keeps them a bit more engaged, changing up the environment a little bit. Mm-hmm. Or just someone, yeah, just, just sat at the desk. Absolutely. And on the D to C side of things, I've only seen ads or I don't know if this is just my targeting or who I'm getting targeted based off my watch, but I've only been seeing just like these legacy D to C brands, you know, like Hims or like Quip, uh, Manscaped, those kinds, like they're doing like nine figures uh, a year type brands where they can have that budget to throw at YouTube ads. You know, I guess one thing I wanted to ask you is like, our audience is also very D to C based. Like how would you approach, you know, setting up a campaign or working with a D to C client? Yeah. So I mean, well, one interesting thing just on that note as well is obviously YouTubers release YouTube shorts as well. And like YouTube shorts ads as well. So I'm starting to get those ads now and in the feed. So there's probably like a really good opportunity there where obviously on short form content, like that's obviously killing it on TikTok and stuff like UGC content, but e-commerce brands. So there's probably a good opportunity there for a lot of brands to use YouTube shorts now and use the same type of ads that are working well on like Reels and TikTok and use them on YouTube as well. Um, So that's probably like a good opportunity there. Um, In terms of like the process for D2C is in like how we would actually set up the campaign or just the approach to filming the ad. I guess a bit of both. You don't have to go too deep into the weeds here. Otherwise, you'd be stuck talking for hours. But I guess like a general overview of like how, let's say I'm a D2C client that's doing like 100K a month and I want to try out YouTube as a channel. Like how would you go about running that? I mean, YouTube is a, it's just a, it's just like Google. It's like a search engine. So most people are, searching Google or YouTube to find a solution to the problem. So we can essentially just say to whatever, it doesn't even matter if it's DTC, whatever product it is, you just go to them, okay, what are the biggest problems your product helps solve? And then you go and take those problems and then you go and look for the the most search search terms, like how to do this or how to solve this or like how to stop this. All those different search terms that people are using on Google every single day. You can put those into like the keyword planner and then it'll spit out a load of different search terms that are very similar to it. And then you can basically just group different campaigns targeting those different pain points that your product solves. So that's like the cool thing around YouTube is that people, it targets people based off like what they're searching to solve. So you like know that the client is in pain, I suppose, with the problem. Um, So yeah. Yeah, intent-based keywords, basically. It's it's the better. What is it called? It's like the best of both worlds where you have intent-based keywords with like Google search or I guess YouTube search in this example or specific YouTubers 
uh, that talk about a specific problem or specific topics. But you also have that same like Facebook ad or TikTok ad creative that you can use to acquire customers in a more efficient way. Yeah, totally agree. Yeah, yeah, it's exactly that. It's it's interesting. They've they've gone through some recent targeting changes actually over the past few months, some big ones. So you used to be able to target keywords, which were like specific words in say like a video title. So if someone said how to make money online, for example, you could type that in as a keyword and like all the videos that, that had that up in the title, it would come up. Mm. But now they've, or you could pick specific placements. So like specific videos. So if I know you created a video on email marketing, then I could literally just put my ad on top of your video and promote an email marketing course. But now they've removed that. So it's actually become slightly less specific, which is why now the creative has actually become more important. Yeah. I suppose it's similar to Facebook in a way where the targeting on Facebook has become less specific. They've removed a lot of targeting options. So now you rely more on the creative to call out the customer and call out the avatar. YouTube has actually just filled, followed a fairly similar process where now they've removed those really super specific options. So now the power is probably more back in the creative where you're relying on the script more to, again, call out the avatar and attract them into the business. So it's interesting to see Facebook, uh, sorry, YouTube follow the, the similar process to, to Facebook in that sense. But yeah, I'm sure it has also something to do with YouTube's just like operations. Like it's less headache to deal with like individual, like you targeting individual videos. And that's just less things that they have to process on, you know, their end for uh, bidding on the videos themselves. Obviously they're going to have their own AI algorithm working on the placements and whatnot, but uh, might take a load off on the YouTube side of things. Now, when it comes down to, since you mainly work with info products and coaches and, and influencers, I know that this strategy has worked really well on uh, Alex Becker's channel. I'm sure you're familiar with him, where he runs ads on his own YouTube videos that he you know publishes as just a content creator. Have you used that strategy at all? And is it actually as good as he says it is? Like retargeting, like the video views and stuff? Yeah, like retargeting to your own channel. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's like the first campaign you'd set up. It's, I made it, I think I tweeted this the other day actually, being like, if you've got like hundreds of thousands, hundreds of thousands of views on your videos and you're not running retargeting ads, then you must hate money because, <laughs> like, you know, if people are watching your videos about how to solve a specific problem and you've got a product that solves that problem and you aren't retargeting them, then, you know, you're pretty crazy. Um, but yeah, it, it does work for sure. Yeah, 100%. And when you do break those ads down, let's say you're doing that retargeting campaign, you're doing a cold uh, cold outreach campaign based off of, I guess, affinity audiences or affinity channels to, you know, if you're doing fitness, you're going to target all the other fitness channels. Um, so when it comes down to it, what does that funnel actually look like? Because for me, I have never bought anything off of a YouTube ad. I just see it as a good way to get you know, top of funnel reach or top of funnel impressions to like, let's say I keep seeing a Ty Lopez ad and it's like, okay, I know who Ty Lopez is. And if I see an ad on from him on Facebook, then I know like, okay, maybe I'll check this out or buy this course or whatever. So how does that funnel actually translate to conversions on the YouTube side of things? We found like specifically what for what we do, it works pretty well because generally when someone is on YouTube, the in the mindset of the ready to watch a video. So they might not necessarily be like sat down in an office ready to watch it, but in their mind, they are ready to commit to at least like a five minute period where they're gonna 
potentially watch a video. So for a lot of our funnels, funnel them in into a funnel where they actually watch like a video. We found that like the retention rate on that is pretty good because people with Facebook, the, you know, walking around scrolling Facebook, but not many, not many people are on a walk, like refreshing YouTube and like clicking on a YouTube ad. So we've actually found like if you were sending them to a video to watch the retention and watch rate of that video is actually, is actually stronger. Um, yeah. I mean, specifically for us, or maybe for like e-commerce, maybe you don't have like an explainer video of the product most of the time when you run in traffic with Facebook, but maybe a good test would be how about we run it to like a product sales page and on that sales page is actually an info video or an explainer video on that particular product. That could be something you could test because the, the customer is already in the mindset of, you know, being ready to to watch a video. And again, if, if you catch them right on YouTube, it, again, if you were targeting specific videos previously, you know, if someone is, you know, how to lose weight, if they're searching that, and then there's an ad that comes up with a weight loss supplement, you know, you're hitting them when the pain is hot or the, when the pain is right. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting you say you've never bought anything off a YouTube ad, but like you should be very specifically targeted to like what people are searching and like the pain that they're in. So we found it pretty good for that. My targeting is mainly just like, for like, what is it called? Like medicine or like pharma medicine from, uh, for like 40 or 50 year olds. I don't know why I get that. Or like sometimes even Spanish <laughs> ads. I have no idea what's going on with my tracking, but it's just, I guess for me, if I heard you correctly, so you would obviously have the video or the text bar or however you, um, you do the placements, you then lead them to another video, like a VSL on the landing page to fully understand the product or understand the program that they would be signing up for or like a webinar for example we typically get them to opt in first with a name and email address but after they opt in with the name and email address they'd land on a page that would have like some form of sales video on it yeah and typically would get them to go ahead and book a call yeah. gotcha so we tell them the process in the ad as well so we're very like transparent in the ad it's not like clickbaity like just click the link just click the link it's like hey what we found to work really well is to be like actually walk them through the process of what's going to happen. Mm. Because a lot of people, like once they know what's on the other side, they're more willing to click, especially if you're interrupting them, trying to watch a video that they want to watch. They want to know that clicking off that is going to be worth it. So we typically walk them through the exact whole process where it's like, so all you need to do is click the link. You're going to go to my website. You just need to enter a name and email address. I'm going to send you this, et cetera, et cetera. And we just walk them through the whole process of the ad. So they know what to expect when they click the link and they're not clicking a link and being like, oh, I asked to opt in with my name and email address, like, you know, scamming people, trying to get my details, like clicking off it. Like we've already told them. So if they click, they're not shocked to see that they have to enter the details. Absolutely. And in that case, when you do direct them to like, with all that information, like enter your email, enter your name, obviously that's a lot of information on top of the thing that you're already offering. So in that case... Like, how do you balance the video or the video ad length uh, for some of the clients that you work with? I mean, YouTube recommends, like the recommended is under three minutes. I, I honestly don't have like some crazy data to be like, yes, that's 100% true. But yeah, around like the three minute mark is generally how long we, we have the ads. We don't really do any ads that are longer than like five, maybe six minutes, depending on how much like edu it depends again on the awareness of the prospect. So if we're having to educate the prospect on like a new business opportunity and they've never experienced that business before, then maybe we need to sell a bit more in the ad and educate them a bit more. So the ad could be a bit longer. If they are very like problem and solution aware, 
then they require like less convincing of like okay this could be a solution for me so the the ad can be like shorter we had like one ad recently for a client that did incredibly well and it was super short and it was just like a social proof ad it was just like hey look at this person they've achieved x y and z they did this and what's cool is that this many people did it click the link to learn it was like super short like probably like just over 60 seconds but that worked really well yeah it makes sense to retarget those people or target the people that are already problem and solution aware so you're just there um or problem and solution aware so then they're product aware about what you're offering and it's a lot easier to convert that customer it's you know the same basic principles of just retargeting through google search but just via video essentially we always say like you want to you want to validate your funnel against the people who are hottest so if if you've got like a weight loss product and your funnel and ads don't convert to like the keywords or search terms around like how to lose weight, like those people who are very obviously like problem aware and even solution aware in a lot of sense, like cases, then it's not going to convert to a broader audience. So if you're like, if they're not converting to those warm, hot people and you have no business like trying to scale or make new ads or anything like that there's a fundamental flaw in the funnel economics somewhere and there's obviously you've got to look at your kpis to figure out where but yeah it's like intent-based validation so if it doesn't convert to the people who have the intent then you know you've got to kind of rework some things before spending any more money so that's essentially how you like when you start working out working with the client you first validate the offer via the like hot and warm retargeting audiences um, as well as hot and warm retargeting videos and then see the KPIs and see if they need to adjust the funnel or adjust the script um, and whatnot. Yeah, exactly that. I mean, obviously it's great if the client has a big retargeting audience. That's always a nice little bonus. But if not, we obviously go for like the detailed search terms of that particular problem that we help solve. And yeah, if it doesn't convert to that audience, we just see where it is in the funnel. So obviously like the main KPIs from that point of view is from the ad itself, you rate, click through rate, but then obviously like cost per lead, cost per call, cost per like show up rate, you know, then you just work whichever is the weakest metric in the whole funnel. We just focus on that and be like, okay, let's fix this problem. Let's run it again. Does it improve? Okay. Now this is this area of the funnel is the problem. So yeah, it's just constant just looking at the KPIs being like, which is the weakest, which is the bottleneck, solve that. Then you move on to the next one. Pretty standard problem solving in the marketing space of one KPI is down. Okay, let's focus on this. And obviously once you have all the KPIs good, it's ready to scale. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Just constant problem solving is pretty much uh, my job right now. <laughs> it's pretty much just reviewing the KPIs that come in and then guiding people on, okay, cool. We need to figure out a solution to this problem. So to what capacity are you working with clients right now? Can you tell me a bit about that? Like, what do you specifically handle? Uh, when let's say if I want to work with you to scale up my email agency, like how do you go approach, how do you approach that, um, that client or that relationship? Yeah. So, I mean, we're an advertising agency, I suppose, but we're not really, we do pretty much everything. It's funny. You see like the, the term growth partner is like throwing around a lot right now. Um, but I mean, we've been doing that. Like I didn't realize there was another way to do that, honestly, because some of the clients that I worked with in the beginning. They needed help with everything so like i just did everything because i had the experience i used to be like a full-time marketer for a coaching company so like i built the funnels did the emails around the ads so when i started getting clients it was just natural for me to help them with everything so pretty much all of our clients right now we 
obviously run the ads, write the scripts, do the video edits, handle everything. But we also like help with the entire funnel. For some clients, it's completely done for you. For some of us, we consult a little bit more, depending on like if they have a team or not. But yeah, traditionally we've done everything from ad management, VSL scripts, webinar scripts, email campaigns, funnels, like literally like full stack, I suppose is what you would say. Yeah. So you basically set up the client to win, uh, and also manage everything on the back end. So all they have to do is just be the face of the cam face on the camera and, you know, record the VSL or go through the presentation that they have. Um, and uh, would you be editing everything on the back end and then setting up all the ads or, and setting up all, all the ads on Facebook, YouTube, Google, et cetera? Yeah. Yeah. We pretty do much everything. So, um, yeah, all like ad edits and everything like that we do. Like if the client has like organic content they put out, we don't really deal with that. Although we do, depending on the launch, we have put together like social launch plans for different clients as well. But like a lot of our clients are big on YouTube. Like most of them have you know, probably average like two, 300K subs on YouTube. So they already have like video editors that help them with the organic content. So, but, but yeah, we, we pretty much like edit everything, set everything up. Yeah. Cause most of our clients, they, they're like creative. So the zone of genius isn't, in marketing like they don't enjoy it they just want to create content they want to like be the face of the brand so that's why they love working with us because we're just like okay we're just going to take the entire tech side and marketing side off your plate it's funny how many times i know like i follow like a lot of educational youtubers and you know youtubers that go into depth on marketing you know as well as you <laughs> on your youtube channel where you you know dissect marketing from different influencers or different coaches now, I know it's like, I see what they're doing. I see what they're trying to do, but I know their funnel could be better if they had someone like you implemented on the back end, whether they're selling like a course or whether they're selling like a product or, you know, selling coaching. I'm like, damn, this could be significant. Just my marketing brain immediately turns on when they have the call to action. Like, shit, this could be a lot better. I mean, that's the power of having the brand, right? Is that you, you literally don't even need that good marketing. Like some of the funnels that we've come into and looked at that have made our clients you know, they've earned in millions before working with us. And they are like your most basic click funnel templated, ugly ass, just bad copy, just yeah, I mean I mean most of our clients they've hired team members that maybe have helped with them in the past, but these like these people are usually like are followers of theirs. They like them and they know the products and stuff, but they're not like trained marketers. They're just someone who wanted to help out their idol by like becoming like a full time team member. So if they, for the people who like build a business off paid ads, the funnel skills had to be good, otherwise it wouldn't convert. But a lot of like the influencers, they have built the business off the brand and they can just have like a, you know, a thrive cart checkout page and people will buy from them. So yeah, it's like super interesting to see. It's been like a big eye opening for me to see like the power of like the brand because I'm a paid artist guy, but to see the volume that these people do off very poor constructed, um, sales processes is like very interesting to see. Like I used to work for like an influencer right now. He's got like 1.7 mil subs on YouTube. I used to be his marketer. And before I worked there, it was a similar situation where I'm not the most qualified, like team members building funnels, but again, they would make loads of money. And I was like, how is this even possible? It goes against everything in my marketing brain. But if you've got the brand, then it's kind of like a, a hack.
that rapport is already immediately built up as people binge watch your videos or as they keep watching them on a weekly or a sometimes even daily basis if they're binge watching the channel. So it's just like the trust is already built there. All you have to do is just point them in that direction, even if it's the most jankiest funnel uh, possible. You know, it's already there for them to buy. I wanted to close this out, uh, close this podcast out with one last question. So for someone that's getting into YouTube ads, what are the top three tips or the top three things that they should look out for before they run their first ad? Well, the biggest thing right now for us is the scripting. Like I said, targeting is becoming slightly less important. So if you want to add the most value to your client, you got to be a good copywriter. So you, you just have to understand that, you know, media buying is changing from being like a button pusher and just like navigating the ads manager. The way you can really like bring value either to your own business or a client's business is becoming a marketer, not a media buyer. So learning everything like outside of media buying. So learning how to write good copy, understanding like the whole funnel economics of the entire sales process would be another one. I think those are pretty much like the two main things. Just yeah, it's get better at copywriting and scripting and understanding the the entire sales process with your clients. Yeah, they're like the two big things. Absolutely. Now, Sam, thank you again for coming on to the podcast. Where is the best place for people to find you? Um, Twitter is probably the best. I guess at O'Halloran underscore Sam. Yeah, probably the best place to check me out on Twitter. Anything else you want to plug? Nah, I think that's pretty much it. Just go give us a follow. It's all good. Fantastic. I mean, do give this guy a follow. He spits out some of the best Facebook and YouTube game on Twitter. Be sure to check that out. That being said, thanks for coming on, and I'll see you in the next one. Appreciate you, bro. Thank you. Thanks again for joining us on the Scaling E-Commerce Podcast. If you enjoyed it or learned something new, remember to like, subscribe, and leave a review. It really helps out with the algorithm. If you want email marketing tips delivered straight to your inbox on a weekly basis from yours truly, then check out the link below or in the show notes to subscribe and join my newsletter. If you're a D2C brand with at least 10,000 email subscribers and interested in starting a conversation to work together, then go to aspectagency.com and we'd love to chat with you. And if you want to stay up to date with anything email and SMS, just follow me on Twitter at Nikita Vakrushev or check the show notes for the link. With that said, I'm Nikita and I'll see you in the next one.